Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe. I'm Luann Prater. And I'm Rachel Olson. And you know, Rachel, sometimes it's so difficult to make a decision. And and I'm talking about from the little things that we have to decide every day to great big life-altering decisions. And the thing I've noticed is sometimes those decisions seem small, but they really do turn the direction of our life. So I want to talk about making decisions today. You know, I think this is such a important topic because I think that there are so many options that we have in our world today. There are so many things that even my grandparents didn't have as options and places they could go and they could they couldn't necessarily go to college anywhere in America or even abroad. You know, there's just so many choices for for our jobs and for our schooling and even just for like, you know, what kind of tortilla chip do you want to put on your taco salad? You got to decide between the lime and the and the sea salt and the chipotle and so it's um, important that we are able to make decisions, and decision fatigue is definitely a thing. Well, I know it's a thing for my brain, but I'll tell you, the other day, Rachel and I happened to be together, uh, and we were watching Jeff Bezos from Amazon talk about how they make decisions in the business world. And he said that it comes down to two things. It is either a one-way door or a two-way door. And I thought this was fascinating because the one-way door is uh, talking about the decisions that you can't easily reverse or maybe reverse at all. And they take time and they take a lot of thought and they take preparation and you have to have a method to your madness when you're trying to figure out that big decision because once you set the wheels in motion you may not be able to turn back and on the other hand the two-way door was all about okay it doesn't take a team of people to make this decision Because if you decide wrong, you can just back up and start again. Yes, I tell this to my daughter a lot and to my college students. She's a college student right now as well. And so there's a lot of angst with them about what to major in and choosing the right major. And they feel like they're making a decision for what they will do for the rest of their lives, which has a lot of pressure to it. And I always try and help them seem, "Mm, this appears to be that kind of permanent decision, but it's not. You can change your major at any time. You can get another degree at any time, and you can also get a job outside of the field that you got your degree in, and many people do. So sometimes it helps to take the the pressure off um, when you realize that almost any decision can be reversed. Almost any decision. Right, and I remember when my kids were young, I I was very anxious about a lot of decisions, especially when you have that first child and you think that everything you do is either going to make them or break them. And so you're constantly 
questioning everything. And then I realized that, okay, there are some decisions that will absolutely uh, make a difference in the rest of their life. So I started saying, is this going to matter five years from now? And if it isn't, I'm not going to stress over it too much. I'm going to make the best decision I can at the moment. And then I'm going to move forward and not stress out over it. And I, I look at our lives, Rachel, and say, you know, that's the way I think we can use that same principle in our, in our walk with Christ. Well, my personality is such that I don't like making decisions because for me, it's not so much that I don't want to make the decision. It's that I don't want to lose my options. I am a person who likes having their options open. And as soon as I make a decision to go one route, all those other options sort of, you know, drift away. That's what I feel. And I don't like that. <laughs> now, my husband is the opposite. He li- he doesn't want a ton of options. He wants to pick a path and choose it and commit to it and go down that path. You know, he feels unsettled when there's a whole bunch of open options and no decision made. So we're opposite in that way. But, you know, Luann, you have sort of shown me that even decisions that we might think are, quote unquote, permanent really aren't. And you know how you taught me that? Well, you lived in a lovely home that you and your husband built on a small lake, and it was idyllic. And your children were grown, and your husband retired, and y'all looked at this big lot on the lake and thought, we should downsize. And so you did. You downsized to a house that you found to be a little too small. So then you moved to another one right down the street and you fixed that one all up and got that one all perfect. And then you decided, you know what? We really miss being on the lake. My husband loves working in the yard and on the water. And so then you bought the house next door to your old house on the lake and you fixed all of that up. So, you know, even a decision like moving or where you live is not irreversible. Being in real estate, I will tell you this. Everybody thinks this is going to be my forever home. I want to pick this home because I can see my kids walking down the staircase in their prom dress. And I just want my kids to grow up in the same house. But statistically, this is not Luann saying this. This is across the board. Most people stay in their home five years or less. So even when you think this is my forever home, don't get so attached to it because life changes. You you may have a job change. You may have someone in your home get ill or you have to move to take care of an aging parent. You know, there are so many things that change our life that we have to be a little bit nimble. And so I love that one-way door and two-way door analogy because honestly most things in life are a two-way door when you walk through it if you see ooh, this isn't right it doesn't feel like this is God's direction for me you can back up and choose again you know I have talked to so many people who desperately want to discern God's will before they make a decision. Mm. And that's a good impulse to have, right? That is a a good thing to to desire. I want to know what God would have me do. 
But sometimes I think particularly as, as followers of Christ, that winds up sort of being a shackle around our, our ankle uh, because we can't feel like we discern for sure we don't move at all. And it becomes kind of a kind of an a, indulging in confusion, um, in indecision, sort of a thing, born out of our desire to to want to follow God. I call it analysis paralysis, because you get paralyzed analyzing all of your options, so you don't move at all. You just don't do anything at all. And really, when you look at what God said, He said. As you are going, when he says, go make disciples, that word, it really means as you are going. So as you're going through life, do the things that you know are right. Because if we're in God's word and we're reading it for ourselves and he's, he's discerning it in our mind, because when we have the Holy Spirit inside of us and we read God's word, I promise you every time you do, He will open your eyes to something that he says, I want you to pay close attention to this verse because that really will help you in in the future. And sometimes you don't get it. You're like, I don't I don't understand that. But in a week or a month from now, you say, oh, I get it. And so when God when you're walking step in step with God. And you come on to those decisions that you have to make instead of saying, oh, Lord, I want your perfect will and all of that. You know, God says, you already know because you've already been in my word. You already know the right way. So go. And if it if you have to back up and and try again, it's not the end of the world. You just learn something every single time you make a mistake and you back up and say, "Okay." That wasn't exactly right, but it I can try again. Right. So what I'm hearing you say is that we kind of treat God's will like a one-way door. Once we go, we got to make sure we've picked the right door because once we go through it, it's all irreversible. And if we pick the wrong door, we've messed up God's entire will for our lives. Ooh, that's a lot of pressure. But but really, it's a two-way door. And so rather than maybe sitting still and doing nothing for days or weeks or months or years on end because you're not sure what God would have you do, Pick a direction and move in it. And instead of your prayer being, Lord, what is your will for me before I do anything? Make your prayer, Lord, guide me as I go. Steer me as I move. So, yes, you know, the decision to follow Christ is thankfully a one-way door, right? Once we go through that door, nothing can shake us out of, um, you know, the the right hand of God. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. So that's a beautiful one-way door. But I think most of the decisions in our lives are not one-way doors. They are two-way. They are revolving. They are decisions that can be reversed. But I think it's human nature to not realize that or to assume that this is a major decision that cannot be reversed. I'm going to have to live with it forever. Like I buy a bucket of paint and I hope this is the right color because once it goes on the walls, I can't repaint it. Most of the time we are um, making the best decisions we can with the knowledge we have. You know, looking back on my parents, 
When I was in my 20s and even my early 30s, I remember thinking, oh my goodness, why did they make such crazy decisions when they were raising us? You know, and I, it was so easy for me to be critical of what, what they did and what they didn't do when they were raising us until I started having kids of my own and they were getting to certain ages and I was realizing, oh my goodness, you really just make the best decision you can at the moment with the, with the amount of knowledge and wisdom that you're given at that time and you go with it. And sometimes it's right and sometimes it's not. But God says, okay, back up, let's try this again. Because God, right, is the, he is the God of second and third and fourth and fifth and umpteenth chances. We can see that throughout the Bible. Yeah, the beautiful thing, I guess, about parenthood is that you don't get to not make the decision, right? You know, your your children grow and you have to parent. And so it's not like maybe that dream you might have to start your own business or to write a book or, um, you know, to, to do something that you can keep putting off because there's no one there forcing you to get started and to give it a shot, you know, to go back to school. So I think we have, um, in parenting, we make decisions on the fly all the time and we hope that they're going to turn out okay. And, um, but in life, so many things can be left undecided and so many actions can just be left untaken and I think you know when I get to the end of my life and I imagine myself as you know an old woman and I always picture myself uh, I don't know why this is is like this old woman um, in this long sequiny gown like I, I have this picture and I have a, a champagne glass in my hand and I'm like toasting myself I'm looking back over my life I have no idea where this image came from but it's in my head and so I always think of you know whatever it is my 92 year old self or something with my champagne glass and my evening gown um, and I want to be able to say, look back over my life and sort of say to myself, you know, well done, darling, you know, cheers, a life well lived. And I don't think that she is going to say that if I never tried the things that I want to do because I was stuck in indecision because I wasn't sure. I don't think she's going to say well done if I haven't tried. I think she will say well done if I try and I fail and I get up and I try again. Even if I fail 17 times, um, you know, I was out there living my life. I love the way your mind works. It's, it's sometimes comical and it's very often scary yes but uh, I can so see you as an older woman I, I I won't be around then but I I just do believe that we are supposed to not be afraid because God tells us that I mean that's one of the things you'll find in the Bible over and over and over is do not be afraid do not be afraid do not be afraid now, why do you think God says that? Because he knows we're afraid. We're afraid of making those decisions that we say, oh my goodness, if I do that, then it's, it's so huge. But really, nothing in life is huge. And here's something that's, you know, just on my mind. There are a lot of people that think things are permanent. And there are so many things 
that are really just temporary. So if you're having a great, great moment in your life right now and you're in a wonderful stage, hang on because you're probably going to hit a valley. And if you're in a valley, hang on because you're going to start climbing out of that valley and onto the mountaintop. I mean, everything in life is temporary. And so as we're making decisions, if we can think about that and say, okay, this is not, you know, irreversible. This is not the end, but I'm going to give it a good shot. I am going to give it all I've got and I'm going to go for it. I'm going to try and I'm going to step out and step through that two-way door and I'm going to do it afraid. Even when I'm afraid, I'm going to step through the door. Well, yes, fear can often lead to sort of a paralysis. Um, So I think that's part of all the commands that say, do not be afraid. If you're afraid, then you tend to not move um, and not try. And that's kind of hard for God to work with. You know, in my role as a teacher, I give my students assignments, whether it's, you know, a speech that they have to give or a paper that they have to write. And especially like with the speeches, they're very afraid. They don't want to do it. They don't even want to try. And I'm always saying, you know, if you can just try, put something out there, I can help you from that. I can coach you from that, you know, put something on paper and then I can help you make it better. Mm -hmm. But until there's something there, there's nothing for me to work with. And so I think of that sometimes times with with my you know perspective of God is I need to give him something to work with he can steer me he can correct me he can work all things together for the good of those who are in Christ Jesus but I don't know what he can do with my my you know behind on the couch and I love what is said about uh, Jeff Bezos and Amazon getting back to that conversation about the one-way door and the two-way door he says Amazon is a great place to fail and because we don't chastise people for failing when they try something. Because if it's one of those two-way doors, we say, go for it. Make a decision and do it. And if it doesn't work, it's okay. We'll back it up and we'll try again. And so that's exactly what he was saying in business. I can't work with the people that don't ever get up and make a decision to go. Uh, They're just sitting there and they're waiting for things to happen around them. And that's the same way it is in our Christian life. We've got to be willing to get up and go. Now, Rachel, when I said yes to Proverbs 31, when I said yes to Encouragement Cafe, I had no idea what I was saying yes to. I had no idea what, how to do all the things that were going to be required but I failed forward. Well, I think sometimes it's a blessing to have no idea what you're getting yourself into. There are things I might not have done if I'd have known ahead of time what I was getting myself into. But once I was a third of the way in or halfway in, it's like, well, I'm going to see it through now. So sometimes that's a blessing. Just get started and figure it out um, as you go. You know, another thing that I thought was fascinating as we listened to Jeff Bezos talk about how things work at his company, Amazon, 
He said there's, you know, the very top level management, sort of the executive senior E-suite kind of a thing. And then there's the layer of, of leaders and managers that are below them. And he says what often happens in a large corporation is the, the leaders at the very top of the ladder, they're the ones that are making those one-way door decisions. So they're thinking very carefully. They're amassing a lot of data upon which to base this decision. They're consulting with lots of people and experts because the kind of decisions they're making at the top are the big ones that will be uh, irreversible or extremely expensive to um, reroute. And he said that the, the next tier of managers, those are the ones that really need to be making fast two-way decisions. You know, if it's reversible, make the decision and go with it and try it. When you get partway down the road, reassess, see if we should turn around, take a different route or keep going. But he said what happens in a lot of corporations is that second tier of managers, they watch the upper tier taking their time and making very careful, very data-driven, very research decisions, and they assume, oh, that's how, that's how leaders should be. And so um, that's what he was talking about at Amazon. He was saying, we don't want our, our, you know, middle managers to make decisions the way we do at the top. We want them to be fluid, to be nimble, to be willing to try, to t go through a hundred two-way doors. Um, because sometimes it's a numbers game. You have to walk through a lot of doors before you discover the perfect one. Well, I love that, too, because it, it does take away the fear factor. When you know that, okay, it's not the end of the world. When we moved uh, to the next house, it was like, okay, it's not the end of the world if we don't decide to stay there. It's not the end of the world if we put our child in a college and they change their mind and they want to go somewhere else. It's not the end of the world if you take that job and then you decide, hmm, maybe this isn't the best route for me. There are a lot of things we learn along the way that we would never have learned had we sat still waiting for everything to be perfect. Oh, you just hit upon one of my favorite verses. You know, my favorite verse is that whoever is looking for the perfect wind and the perfect weather conditions won't ever plant their seeds. And if you don't ever plant the seeds, you won't ever reap a harvest or have a crop. So yeah, don't stare at the wind looking for the perfect time to start something. Get started. Um, because you know what? That's also how growth happens. When we don't try anything new, we don't grow. You know, we have to try and learn and, and fail and try again. And, you know, failure is such a dirty word. It seems like it should be, you know, some sort of four-letter word that we don't ever want to have to associate with. But failure is part of the process of learning. It's thinking, oh, I thought, thought this was going to work this way. It turns out it didn't. So now I know I need to adjust my course. It's just part of the learning process. And I know I've said this a bunch of times, but... Thomas Edison found 10,000 ways not to make the light bulb. And Babe Ruth struck out 700 and or struck out 1,330 times before he made his 714th home run. They had to mess up. They had to step up to the plate and swing the bat and give it a try. And so today as we're talking about making decisions, and you think about the decisions in your life that are either a one-way door or a two-way door. 90% of them are going to be two-way doors. 
that you can walk through, give it a try. If it doesn't work just right, it's okay to back up. But it may be one of those big decisions, like who you're going to marry, how you're going to how you're going to raise your children. Those are big decisions. And so as you are making those, those are those are time consumers and you need to you do need to pray over those and you don't have the flexibility to back up and and say oops. So there are some one-way doors in our lives that we do need to take the time. But the majority of the decisions in our life are two-way doors. And God is often saying, now's the time. Don't be afraid. Walk through the door. Hey, this week, as you make decisions, I hope that this analysis will help you think it through. And we'll be praying for you. You be praying for us that we do this and not be afraid. May the God of hope give you the courage to encourage others. We'll see you back here next week. Thanks for joining us today at Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online when you get a chance to sit down and breathe at encouragementcafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week where we fill you up one cup at a time. Luann, I'm so excited about the new Encouragement Cafe website. We've got devotions on there. We've got past radio shows on there you can listen to. We have Bible studies taking place on there. There's so many ways to get a dose of encouragement from the website. So I'm excited to send people to check it out. I am too. And you know, you can always see where we're going to be next. We have events happening all over the country. Check it out. EncouragementCafe.com. Com.